Hello and welcome to Commentary on Fire and also kind of this week in Sleaze at the same time. It's kind of a crossover but the, the, it's really a Commentary on Fire. We're doing audio commentary today and I'll talk about what movie that is. But I am therefore, I don't know if I'm Sleazy Kenneth, therefore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sleazy Broson or something like that. Or Sleazy B. Uh, but we, but I, I am here regardless and uh, with me from this week in Sleaze is uh, King Who. Hello. And in the background, uh, eating his uh, din-din, is uh, Stuart, Stuart Sutherland. That shit's spicy. Oh. The, the innocent one is here. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh. And uh, yeah, I, I guess he's preparing himself uh, for a, a This Week in Sleeves kind of experience, uh, in a way. And I'll, I'll explain what we're doing right now. We are going to do an audio commentary on Billy Tang's 1994 Rape thriller, I guess. Uh, rape drama, rape thriller, Red to Kill. Woo! Ah, oh, man. See, so this is like the third time I've put in the Blu-ray for Green Hornet and you've changed films last minute. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Therefore, Stu, you are going to have to go in blind, but all kidding aside, uh, we'll be building up, uh, you know, the momentum of this commentary, obviously, plugging it and all of that. And Stu wanted to be get in on this action going in blind not even watching the movie beforehand he's watching it for the first time tonight mm. with uh albeit with the sound off obviously for co- commentary purposes but he's going in blind to watch one of the harshest meanest and actually most disturbing movies of this era and probably one of the most disturbing category three movies from hong kong ever mm. and uh, uh w- would you say that's a fair assessment uh, jared or do you have any other candidates for oh no definitely honor? I, I definitely I agree with that. Uh, so we, we're not forced to. He, he wants to be on here. So disclaimer, if he loses his soul after this and feel, feels he's been uh, violated in some way, cinematically violated, we try to stop him. Mm-hmm. Ah, <laughs> I'm going with a train of thought. It can't be any worse than the swordsman. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bring it, bitches. <laughs> yeah. Bring it. And I said it. Seeing as I haven't seen that, I'm not even getting that reference. So, is okay. it just because it's a shit film, or are the harsh is the harsh harsh stuff in? I'm the I'm, oh shit, this food is spicy. <coughs> um, I'm the my, minority. Like, it's I'm slow. Sure. It's, it's a slow go, swordsman. Mm, I'm pretty sure yeah. the swordsman trilogy are all good, but yeah. <laughs> shit, man. Lam <laughs> <laughs> Chiang is like the highlight of that film. The rest is fucking. <laughs> right. right, well, hopefully this one won't put you to sleep. But regardless, uh, a little bit of uh, uh, contact information for this show, Commentary on Fire, is located at podcastonfire.com amidst uh, the four other shows, Podcast on Fire, Japan on Fire, What's Korean Cinema, and This Week in Sleaze. And you can interact with us on our message forum. It's podcastonfire.com forward slash forum, where also the uh, very extensive members-only library can, uh, can be found if you just register on the forum you can access that they, they contain uh, deleted conversations and the exclusive movie re- reviews uh, from uh, our past shows and you can also reach us on uh, twitter it's twitter.com forward slash podcast on fire and also recently we started our affiliation with uh, stitcher radio so you can actually reach us both on itunes uh, on the site and also if you download Stitcher uh, from stitcher.com to your laptop or your smartphone I think it's available for the iPhone Android and uh, and uh, what, what, what other smartphones are there? 
the palms, blackberries, iPads. Yeah, all. exactly, exactly. It's a very, um, it's across all platforms, and it's a good way to catch up on uh, all of the n- shows on this network. We're all, we're available all throughout Stitcher. So, and it's free to download, free from the uh, app stores of uh, your choice. So. And for myself, I'm the writer of SoGoodReviews.com, your uh, stop for Guaylo Ninjas, Forgotten Taiwan Exploitation Cinema, and just uh, Charlie Cho, Category 3 Shenanigans, I guess. Uh, all of those shenanigans are video-reviewed, uh, tastefully, kind of, at <laughs> SleazyCaseVideo.com. There goes the taste right, right under the window. And uh, I'm also on Twitter, Twitter.com forward slash SoGoodReviews. So, um... And we also have King who with us, who uh, does a blog uh, semi-regularly, so where is that? Yes, uh, my blog, Bullets Over Chinatown, you can find that in the mood for guaylo.blogspot.com. Guaylo is spelled G-W-A-I-L-O. Food and uh, other assorted uh, Hong Kong movie junk, I guess. Yeah, Hong Kong movie just garbage that I have laying around my house. <laughs> some would deem it garbage, some would seem deem it, uh, you know, a treasure trove. I am in the latter right. camp. <laughs> I'm in between. <laughs> I can swim, uh, swim in there, like I have a vault filled with money, albeit uh, it's like filled with laser discs. Yes, yeah, Scrooge yeah. McDuck, that's right. Uh, but anyway, this movie, Red to Kill, we're going to start very shortly here. It's not going to be on YouTube this time as well, because uh, this Ooh. movie contains a lot of nudity. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not willing to take a chance with this movie on this. I'm, I'm going to solve it somehow for you, for those of you who do not have the Universe DVD of Red to Kill. It's also available in France, by the way, but uh, we're watching the Hong Kong uh, import. And... Uh, what you can do if you want to follow along with us uh, with your DVD is uh, park yourself right now on the main menu and the on-air button, the classical on-air button. Who needs play? Who needs start? <laughs> you need on-air, which is uh, great for the, uh, for the podcast, really. It fits uh, the podcast. Uh, so if you plant yourselves there, we're going to go ahead and go and uh, see how much we can, how much mix of info and fun we can squeeze in during this disturbing movie. So... Uh, so, are you ready, gentlemen? Mm-hmm. Indeed. Good. So we go on click, by the way, everybody. So I'm going to count down from three right now. Three, two, one, click. So I'm going to do a little background information on this movie, as much as you can find, really. And uh, feel free, gentlemen, to just interrupt at any time, and I'll go back to the information that uh, I have on all my notes here. This is a movie that sparks reactions such as excessively grim, vile, offensive, and sleazy. One of the most intense viewing experiences you will ever have. The protracted rape scenes are designed as a visual spectacle, literally showcasing the humiliation of vulnerable female characters. But it also sums, is summed up as executed with such breathtaking cinematic gusto. It compels attention in a way that few other horror movies have managed before or since. And... It lives up to those words. That's the thing. Anyone can write in reviews in your big words. Disturbing as hell, extreme violence. But certain movies are nowhere near that extreme, in my opinion. But this one is one of the few. And, uh, but you know, audiences direct, uh, uh, react differently to movies. But Billy Tang Hinsane's 1994 rape shocker pushes buttons uh, that is designed to spark reactions and manages pretty much 10 out of 10 viewers spark reactions. 
there's a crawl here that is on subtitle. Apparently, it's uh, essentially talking about what happens if a court case later in the film that uh, there was no way to uh, 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 give out a sentence to this guy. He was apparently a real-life rapist. Then again, mm-hmm. it was might have been just a case they pulled out of the newspapers in Hong Kong. I don't right, think it's a right. documented case, but I heard that's the essential uh, essential uh, uh, translation for uh, for the crawl that isn't subtitled on the Hong Kong DVD. Right. And uh, <laughs> bathed in blue. Mm-hmm. Your favorite, uh, your favorite uh, color, King, in the Hong Kong cinema. Yes, yes, I love those blue hues from the '90s, early '90s. They usually saturated uh, blue, red, green, orange. They were just wonderful colors in these films. Yeah, and on VHS they looked uh, all smeared, smeared out. Oh yeah, videos, loved so. it. Oh. Uh, and it's bathed in blue by the cinematographer Tony Mu or Tony Mao. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we we we're watching. Uh, this rapist approach and um, you know for us who have seen the movie uh, we, you know it's filled with spoilers obviously this uh, commentary we're gonna say that this is obviously the Ben Um character that you uh, right. you don't know that now but uh, you're gonna find out later that uh, the caretaker is actually the rapist as well and uh, this is obviously Ben as well even though you don't see his face, only body, but no one has right. a. This may sound, may sound very gay, but uh, no one has a body like Ben. You know, <laughs> he's 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 jacked. Yeah, he's he's yeah. fit. Uh, Money low. We just saw the yeah. second leading lady, and uh, there's no information on her really. Uh, I've not, not seen really. her in any other movie. Have you ever, you King? I. She's so insignificant. Uh, I, I. She's indistinguishable. You know, she's like, almost like a background player. I. I yeah. I read her, you know, profile and her filmography, and I can't point her out. Yeah, uh, no I, uh, I actually the only bio I found bio information on her was that she, during this relatively slight career, she did about fifteen or eighteen movies between nineteen eighty four and nineteen ninety seven. She gave gave up acting after that point to pursue a law degree and a legal right, career. Right, right. I, <laughs> I read that as well. Yeah, yeah. That's like another actress, um, Anne Bridgewater from Full Contact. Yes. She retired and became a psychiatrist. Some yeah. crap like that. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, you know, Mazel Tov, good for you, but come on. <laughs> and obviously this movie starts out harsh, uh, as you see it. intercut quite cleverly because you, you think that's it's money low that's being stalked by the rapist. Right, but right. Uh, up to this point, you know that she's in a different section of this apartment building, and uh, but she's uh, going to witness some other harsh stuff. And uh, still be prepared for the first harsh, harsh stuff. <laughs> you know and uh, i i like dur- during the pricing though we we have you know i'm i'm, I'm gonna talk of like, like the crew on this movie because it's very similar like, to a lot of billy tang's other good movies. lord he is jacked yep uh the the crew that is on this movie is actually very similar to other billy tang movies one such is uh, tony Mew, as i said but also composer jonathan wong who, the usual uh, suspects, yeah. Yeah, who does some very cool synthesizer, industrial tinged uh, scores, and th- there's also sounds added here that might be Jonathan's work as well, because you almost hear like cellar sounds would be mm. done with the keyboard, but uh, they, they sound like cellar sounds, sounds. and it's uh, all ambience, uh, which is uh, great, and uh, it's not beats either. Look at this shit. Yeah, that's great. It's not, that's, oh, that's, yeah. that's a great touch. Great touch. Harsh, harsh touch. Oh, <laughs> and uh, obviously we're, we're also here approaching a social commentary of the movie, a, a, mm. a, albeit a minor one. Obviously it details, you know, the harsh realities of working as a social 
worker with uh, you know the lower class residents of uh, Hong Kong and uh, it can go this way you know with uh, deaths deaths galore and uh, right. here we go smash but back to back to the red to kill of uh, I mean it's it's you know you, you could have waited until an hour to reveal that this movie is going down this route Billy Tank choose not to right and I mean that that's could be deemed uh, you know clever you know we, I'm not gonna spare you and he doesn't spare us you know what I mean no would you have liked to wait to see all of this stuff or it's uh, do you think it's clever that 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 it, that it is actually revealed early on that oh I love that it's revealed early on it's a category three film everyone knows that going into it so give us the goods right away you know you want to for me when I sit down to watch a movie you, you have to pull me in right away or I'm gonna lose interest mm-hmm. and Billy just really smashing the face right away within the first few minutes. Yeah, it gives the audience, you know, what what they what they came to see actually, yeah. you know, a naked naked lady and this this so. type of angle. By the way, uh, I saw it a few times throughout the movie. You know, that the angle, uh, the corridor type of angle, the deep corridor type of angle in the in right. mid in mid shot, mm-hmm. center shot. They really seem to dug that uh, Tony and the Billy. Uh, they, they, it, it just looks cool as a shot. Mm-hmm. But uh, it pops up during the movie, and uh, I, I was like, and I say like, I think it's uh, harsh and uh, incredibly disgusting, but I like that he almost looks like he's skinning her when he rips off her clothes, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because she obviously wears tight clothes, and, you know, the, this is not, uh, compared to other rape scenes in Hong Kong movies, this is tougher. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more extreme, yeah. she's yeah. It's, it's uh, necrophilia, essentially, you know? Yeah. Exactly, and, uh, oh, and that that has popped up in Billy Tang movies uh, prior with sure. Simon Yan sure. and uh, Doctor Lamb. Doctor Lamb, yeah. And and I mean, lo- looking here at Ben for for a moment before we see Ben, I, I'm we're gonna talk about him obviously a lot more. But I'm sure he's a controlled actor, but it mm-hmm. looks like a fair bit of torment is directed towards the actress. You know, it looks so hard. Maybe they had to do it a little bit hard. Right. And. Uh, so I, I was curious about how the set was ran in that regard, if it was a very controlled or loose set. Because mm, yeah. they, they might be, they might need to have a loose set because it's such harsh material. But uh, it might be very Billy Tang might prefer very prefer a very serious set because some uh, tense, yeah, yeah, because he 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 likes his movie to be angry and therefore the set kind of needs to be tense as well. So I, mm. I was curious about that. It's hard to find out. Uh, Billy Tang is not extensively interviewed at all uh, on, on the no, web and no. uh, what have you so and uh, pretty much has uh, disappeared off the radar right now yeah is in china doing tv yeah what wonder what tv mm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're approaching uh our leading lady lily chung uh, chung and mm. uh, a brief bio on her she won as many there she is dancing away uh, she won the <laughs> Miss Hong Kong uh, Universal uh, Beauty Contest and then started working for TVB as these things go. And presumably this was early 90s, but her early 90s would be Category 3 tinged as well. Right, right. A- and as early as in 1992, by the way, in a movie that was previously unknown that was released on VCD by Joy Sales and it's The Rapist Beckons. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. It's actually a very good movie. I don't a think she great, ever got great na- movie. I don't think she yeah. ever got naked in the movie, to be honest. But uh, it was a great little rape revenge movie, I guess. Uh, yeah. But very uh, affecting, yeah. 
she obviously was in you know, this movie, Daughter of Darkness, Brother of Darkness, these kind of movies mm. where she was abused. In Brother of Darkness, she's not abused. It's actually the man that's abused in the, those movies. But yeah. she's never fully broken out of this category three mold. Uh, you know, she, she, she did m- modern love, this romantic comedy. She did Sexy and Dangerous for Billy Tang. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see that too? Uh, Sexy and Dangerous? That Young and Dangerous uh, kind of sad, no. satire? I've never really basically took the bait for those. Right. It's that street angels, things like that. Um, I think I've no needed the need to go that far. Maybe it's just right. because all I can eat and chain cameos. Or... <laughs> <laughs> but there needs to be some firm baits in there. But that that has represented her mainstream work kind of, and otherwise she seems to work in film anyway of the low budget kind. And you know, looking at titles such as External Affairs, you know, you know what you get. <laughs> Uh, but but she's so good in this movie, together with Money Low, and uh, really the image of innocence and uh, as you know, yeah. as a wonderful smile. And and uh, for for viewers and uh, used to who's not seen that she's uh, she has the intelligence of a ten year old child essentially. That's uh, that's her mental handicap. Right. But uh, you know, the, this is our incredibly abused victim. Also, is going to be our incredibly abused uh, victim. And I'm going to mention one thing, which is wonderful to have with a great performance. Look at that. That's Bobby Yip, King Sam. Yeah, there we go. Mr. Ugly from King of Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't have uh, maggots and uh, cockroaches coming out of him uh, in this movie. Really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, w- one thing to have with a great performance is actually sync sound, real-life sound recorded on set. We had Ben's uh, entrance, by the way. And this movie is ca- the only Category 3 movie from this period I can remember that is sync sound. And that's, you know, you, you wonder why that decision happened. I mean, mm. th- there was no trend to put in effort in most of these movies. Billy Tang did put in effort. Uh, and the Category 3 explosion happened in 93 and 94, as this movie is from. And, but apparently still Billy Tang and producers and film and company and investors, they could all, you know, decide, all of them, to step it up a bit. And I applaud them that they had time to like do do the recording on set because you know if you want to have an extreme movie, you want extreme professionalism as well. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I'm you know mm-hmm. maybe this would have gotten a good fairly good dub, but then again it could have had a really bad post dub uh, dub as well. So you know I'm I'm glad that it got a chance to you know be heard and you know as extreme as this movie turns out, you know we're still getting live sound from. All of those extreme, extreme, <laughs> extreme aspects. So, uh, that poor guy's in a box. That's, <laughs> that's I was just thinking, why is he entombed? <laughs> that, that's his uh, part of uh, at the workshop uh, that they house apparently in uh, real life uh, apartment buildings, which is uh, a point also that the residents they don't like having the mentally handicapped in uh, their area or in their building. Uh, that's why they're complaining uh, every now and again in a, really an unsubtle uh, unsubtle uh, uh, bit of uh, social commentary I always thought Ben looked <laughs> like uh, a bulkier Jet Li is that just me? I, I think he kind of looks like Jet Li only bigger mm. oh, I, I, never, I never thought of that never noticed that <laughs> well you know that's a, that's a note anyway <laughs> I did <laughs> But uh, go, going back to Li- Lily, uh, what a game actress and brave actress. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. 
whatever that say what, what what movies do you remember her from in in that regard uh, king just um pretty much a category 3 movies i guess she might have been pigeonholed early on because that's the start of her movie career was uh pretty much category 3 stuff like the rapist beckons uh the daughter of darkness yes probably one of my favorite lily chung movies definitely that's a hardcore movie yeah it's um, uh, she she she's abused way more actually in that kind of if you count the number of scenes uh, yeah, yeah. With uh, William Ho is uh, raping her left and right in that movie. Yeah, it's a dark, very dark, and it's it, it's a humorous film. You know, it's a dark, dark comedy, if if you will, if you want to call it that. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a rough one. And also, Brother really, of Darkness. Yeah, where she played, uh, you know, uh, the roles were switched. Uh, she played against her uh, husband in that one again, Hugo. Mm. Yeah, Hugo, Hugo Ong. And uh, he was in. Daughter of Darkness as well, so it's kind of fun to switch mm. roles. The Bravo of Darkness was directed by Billy Tang, and yes. uh, th this is uh, an incredibly touching scene because she goes back to her old apartment. Uh, you know, the only ways mm. she knows is living there and missing her father, and uh, she didn't get everything, you know, uh, from that apartment. She was missing something, right. and uh, I think it shows B Billy Tang finally has, you know, a heart as well. Well, he wants to kind of get the audience on her side as well, you know. Yeah. You need to gain some sympathy for her because she goes through so, some really crazy shit later on. Yeah, and it, to me, anyway, I, again, I'm basing this just on looking at the movie. I think Lily had some research behind her doing this role, you know, because it seems so honed, so sharp the way she plays it, you know. Yeah, I, I always feel uncomfortable when people act as a mentally challenged person on film. Whether it's like, you know, a Rain Man or a Forrest Gump or an I Am Sam. I mean, some of that shit wins awards. And I'm like, it just makes me feel uneasy that someone's portraying someone, you know, that's just mentally disabled. It's uh, it, it's wrong, but in this film, I guess rape trumps that. And rape is wrong. <laughs> someone might just Johnny Knoxville in the Special Olympics. <laughs> right. The, the <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's uneasy. It's like, ah, you don't want, you don't want to, you know, pretend to be someone, like, you know, like like that. But, but her oh, her performance, you, you don't feel uneasy watching her performance, though, because it doesn't no. draw attention to herself uh, itself, that, that performance. You know, it's uh, it's uh, she's it's not out, just... an outlandish portrayal like the, the other people in the, in the work home. They have like nervous tics and they, you know, shout out, you know, spontaneously and they blink and twitch. And, you know, that's that's over the top portrayal mm -hmm. of uh, someone who's who's handicapped. Yeah. I, I have no real experience in that regard, and I think this movie yeah. isn't offensive as such, but, uh, but, but I get what you're saying, though. Right, right. It's that or country people. Yeah, exactly. Rednecks. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I would have been happy to see Lily, you know, do a Veronica Yip and uh, break out, or a Shuke and break mm -hmm. out, because, because I think she would have done that. She's a great-looking woman, and, uh, you know, great body, obviously, as well, so she, she could be sexy. Right, right sexy overall you know clothed or not so uh but this movie you know showed she dared go to places that you know could probably scar you both on set and when watching the final product it's a very very brave performance um and uh yeah that, that's what you can say about it for for, for a while uh, uh so i can get this out of the way i, I want to talk a little bit background about this movie and uh, interrupt at any time guys uh, uh, this was released on the 20th of October 1994 and it made 
approximately 9.5 billion Hong Kong dollars before ending its run in mid-November. So it had almost a month uh, in the cinemas. And it came during this Category 3 explosion in 1994. 93-94 is the big, big, big years. And Sex and Sen, Erotic Ghost Story, had of course headed this in terms of erotica on screen, erotic period movies. But Danny Lee... uh, made sure you have cop procedurals with uh, real life combined with real life uh, gory serial killers uh, in movies and that was dr lamb Ma- made sure that trend happened and billy tan co-directed uh, dr lamb and that led to danny lee produced herman yao directed untold story with anthony wong and uh, still you know billy tang broke free from danny lee's magnum films and started to do you know harshness of his own that wasn't according to the formula you know and uh, run and kill is a fantastic black comedy (laughs) you know an extremely grim but you know technically superb movie as well Um, that's my my favorite my favorite movie am i the only one who finds run and kill extremely funny i love it i think it's excellent it is it is funny very funny and it is a dark comedy definitely most definitely but uh, the rage was uh, at its highest in the Red to Kill as we're watching now, where mm. I, th- I think Billy gained momentum using most of the same crew all the time as well. You know, the, the key crew, producers and cinematographers and composers and all of that, and, and even cast members. Uh, Lily, uh, he worked with Lily uh, twice, uh, si- Simon Yam a couple of times. <laughs> it's a wonderful. And then some, some dopey, dopey comedy. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's wonderful how she deflects his uh, perverted, perverted nature, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> So, so, so I think it, it works. It's not like, a, a, you know, uh, facepalm in decent camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. It definitely works, especially in, in these types of films. You, you needed to have a, a, at least one scene of silly comedy, uh, exactly. especially in this uh, day You know age. that bitch is getting killed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at that Ben here. Ben, mm, uh, he shows his uh, colors a little bit here. And you you don't know at this point... If uh, he's a kind of a Jekyll and Hyde monster who has no concept mm-hmm. of guilt, concept of what he's done before, uh, at this point you don't. You know, uh, later on you do find out he's a pretty sinister, evil wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, and the snap can be seen in Ben in that earlier scene, but he but he's obviously doing that because it's needed in that case as a, you know the head of this uh, workshop. You know, he has to be firm. It's right. not a snap into, you know, uh, the rapist there. So, so I mean, you, you don't really know. Obviously, the audience at this point doesn't know either that uh, the rapist is actually Ben. That this seemingly, you know, mm. you know, this guy can turn larger. Right. He's a good guy now. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, there, there's uh, <laughs> there's nothing good about walking in the blue lit corridors in, uh, <laughs> no, in no. the category three moves, <laughs> by the way. Nothing good can come of it. No. <laughs> And uh, the only thing I don't know of the time and really in Hong Kong history is if if there was a real issue amidst Hong Kong residents that that there were no separate homes to put the mentally handicapped in, that they put them in these uh, normal uh, residence uh, buildings. Uh, So maybe that's a reflection of the reality or so? Yeah, I think that was part of the social issue that um, Billy Tang slipped into the film, you know, especially overcrowding in Hong Kong. This is, I guess, this this tenement building is kind of like a, a microcosm of society, of how society, you know, it's very um, grungy, dim, and and, and I don't, I don't want to say close knit, but there is a huge overcrowding pro- problem in Hong Kong, and of mm. course, they, uh, I think, in films past, they've had a, a really dim view of the mentally handicapped, 
mm-hmm. um, Ken Chang and Why Me and Beloved Son of God. Yeah, I think yeah. The, uh, Derek E's The Lunatics. Yeah, a wonderful, it's, wonderful movie. Uh, it's a, one of the most disturbing Hong Kong movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, like it's similar. Like Stanley Fung is yes. Yeah, St- Stanley Fung is uh, also uh, like a social worker, like like Money Low here. Yes. You know, they're they're very compassionate people, and they're dealing with a, a fringe element of of society. So it's it's social issues that are nicely you know slipped into these filthy, nasty fucking movies. And that Tang, you know, I mean, they're they're slight, but they're there, and I, and I think Tang does a good job with that. What do you think of Ben as an actor in the in these kind of movies? Because he's mostly in these kind of movies, mostly memorable in these. Yeah, kind of movies. yeah, I think Ben, uh, he's underrated. I think Ben plays a great, great nut man. He's 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 uh, he can rival Anthony Wong and Simon Yam as playing yeah. a crazy bastard, and he has he's very very hulking, very imposing figure. He's a very really great look, really mean, nasty look. His like nostrils are flared like a, like a bull almost. Yeah, yeah, he has the size behind him, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he he like uh, grunts his his lines. He's like he's very you know forceful with his, with his mm-hmm. uh his dialogue. So he, yeah, he's he's very intimidating. But did, did this movie is that stand out though? Because obviously he plays you know a bad guy in Eternity Evil of Asia, and uh, was it Devil Woman? The, the, yeah, the, yeah, Devil. Yeah, the, I love the that Otto, movie. Uh, Otto Chan film. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I I think Tang saw the big potential in Ben for this role, you know. And uh, as with Lily, Ben seems to be a very game actor. Yeah. Here we are, here we are with the uh, exaggerated uh, reactions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which will play a part later on. This uh, little uh, thing with the uh, with the uh, rope will play a part in, um, mm-hmm. or little string will play a part during the very end of the film. But uh, Ben like seemed to be willing to dive deep into dark places as well as mm-hmm. Lily uh, for for this movie. And uh, you know that was something that regular bad guy roles didn't require. You know because okay, j- just play it a, l- a bit big for us. But th- this is a little bit. You know, if they were like a seven or eight, this is a ten in terms of you know level. You know, he's bursting mm-hmm. almost in this movie. You know, I was I was expecting him to just flat out explode during some time, uh, during certain parts of this movie. So uh, it's uh, but but so so he's great in Eternal Evil of Asia where Elvis turns into a dickhead. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> he, he's the black uh, magic practitioner that turns Elvis into a dickhead. Uh, in that movie, which is a very funny site. Directed by Cash Chin, uh, one of our favorite directors, Cash Chin. Yeah, yeah. But did, did you ever see The Accident, King? I did. I don't remember much about it. I know there was like a trilogy of stories, and uh, I, I don't remember anything about it, though. I did see it. Hmm. But ben is in that movie. It's one of his uh, you know, real acting performances. You know, he plays a mild-mannered gay taxi driver. And that's right, uh, right. an anti-drama kind of a... And, uh, it was really good. I mean, it's still, you know, he's still Ben. He's still big, you know. It's not like this was a movie he built up muscles for and then they disappeared. He's always been right. big, you know, fit and all that. So, But I, it was an uneven film, The Accident, but I, I really yeah, dug, yeah. dug seeing Ben do well. In, in it's that a different movie. different role for him. He's usually very typecast as the, yeah. the heavy, the gangster, you know, the yeah. bad guy. Sex in Danger, true mob, mob stories in as well yeah. for Wong Jing. So, so he got some mainstream work, obviously, too. Um, uh, not just uh, category free material. He's uh, to me, he's like he's in that, I guess, lower tier of of popular actors like a Mark Chang or a Roy Chung. Mm-hmm. You know, I group them together. These three, three together. I, uh, I love those guys. Yeah. I love this scene here because 
she's money's character is encouraged to work again to fight for something by when right, seeing right. the positives in Ming. Yeah, you know she's trying. So no, you know the supposed lowering IQ. Mm-hmm. They don't give up either. You know they have to fight in them, and uh, right. and they she's Ming Ming is teaching you know money's character a, a lot back. And, right. And it's good to have Ming react to the outside world because she's, you know, I, I don't know if this dialogue has come up yet, but anyway, w- what's what's said is she's wondering why the outside world is uh, mean to us. What can we do to make them uh, like us? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that's a, you know, a very felt line in, in, in that regard. Yeah, that's a kind of a common a common scene in, in films like this where someone, um, I don't say lower in stature, teaches someone higher, you know, the mm-hmm. true meaning of something. Mm-hmm. What what I don't like here is like the residents' unsubtle like uh, uh, opinions of the mentally handicapped. You know, well, I think they... that's part of the the social issues where that was something that was occurring in Hong Kong at the yeah. time. It's you very know, the, the under poor, nose, poor though. It's very yeah. under nose, though. Uh, I I think when coming from the other perspective of uh, of Ming Ming, for instance, the dialogue I just spoke of, that is not as on the nose. I think it's more felt. But here it's like okay, just plant something in the script. Right and, uh, right, and say that. Uh, no good can come for uh, little girls walking in a blue lit corridors. <laughs> uh, but uh, but but as you state, it's not her that's uh, going to be raped. But uh, it's right. uh, chilling. Yeah, it's that's it's a good setup. Yeah, you because you know a young girl approaches mm. and someone is saying, you know, pull pull put off uh, pull off sister's little clothes, you know, yeah. and he's shot with low angles and shit like that and really imposing angles. But it happens to be someone else. That's uh, another work at the uh, at, uh, at the workshop, you know, brother Chubby. Yeah. But, oh, this uh, is the ball grabber. Uh, yeah, yes, I think yes, so. He, yes. He's still sweaty. He's still sweaty. <laughs> no, rapists and such never got a subtle portrayal in Hong Kong movies, uh, you know. And we even saw that in the Night of Nights that we watched for this week in Slees. The direction for rapists are exaggerated, you know. I'm going to grab you now. Right. They tell you their actions before they do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and obviously now Ben's character is, uh, you know, his plan got interrupted. So right. so you're thinking like, okay, is he saving the situation by, uh, by, um, by use of a stick? Or is he, you know, uh, trying to... Um, Trying to, I don't know where I was going with that, but regardless, he was uh, it was uh, interrupted, and uh, mm. Lord knows what kind of scene what would have come from that, you know. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean Lord, first half of the movie, except for the first scene, obviously isn't uh, super harsh, you know, but right. it's that assault in the second half that is the toughest mm-hmm. to watch, uh, which I think is yeah. You know, when I say clever structure, I'm not saying this is revolutionary, but but I think it's suitable structure. You know, we're going down these routes. They show that in the early scenes, but right. it's a, it's a it's a fine setup. You have to set up the the characters, get to get to know them a little, uh, get to sympathize with them a little, mm-hmm. and uh, as especially with uh, with Ben Ah, everyone thinks he's the good guy now, yeah. and you know once his reveal comes, it's kind of you know, the, hopefully the filmmakers want to blow some people's minds. Like, oh, the, the good doctor is, is really, you know, the, the sex lupine, the rapist. And uh, here, here later comes a change in the residence where, oh, we like these people. They are very good, you know. This Crash your penis. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I mean, it's 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 not always uh, completely focused, uh, and it goes. Uh, you know, B- Bobby Ip is um, overdoing his part quite a bit. Yeah. You know, he's better at just being ugly. You know. Yes, the face face only a mother could love. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Chow know knew how to use uh, use him in King of Comedy, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, m- mentioning a little bit about uh, Billy Tang again, not much uh, info on him as we talked about during this week's list too. Uh, and he's referenced as Billy Bloody Tang on various DVD releases. Mm. And uh, while lame, why not? I say as well. Because, you know, even though it puts a cartoony spin on what is a genuinely talented filmmaker and a visual artist, I think it's not only due to working with uh, Tony Mew. I, I think he's a, he's a rightfully notorious filmmaker based on the filmmaking skills too, not just the extreme nature of the films, you know. I agree, I agree. And uh, how he pushed buttons, how he portrayed the extreme and the gory in such a really un- unflinching way compared to most uh, uh, filmmakers of this time. This, and, uh, the, these, his films were quite more mainstream. Category three was kind of a, a, a fringe cinema. It became mainstream for a while, but his were more polished. Yes, and like I, I'd say more accepted because this had almost a month's run in the cinema. And that's unheard yeah. of. Yeah, that's normally, unheard of. Yeah. Sammo Hung movies had a week had week run. Yes, and exactly. this film had a month's run. <laughs> we're going back to Billy a little bit later. Here's the first howling like a wolf mm. shots for Ben and Arnold <laughs> Arnold shots. And here is now. <laughs> now starts the look at deciding whether Ben got to go for it too much, or if mm. it's actually scary and bearable, uh, or bearable overall, despite being a little bit bad every now and again. You know, or is it? So I'm directing this question to you, King. Is it? Is this over the top topness of Ben's that we're going to see more of later? Is, is it ever a misstep for you? This performance. No, not at all. Not one bit. It's almost like Simon Yam's uh, Dr. Lamb character. He howls and he uh, goes a little overboard, over the top. It works for the character. Yeah. And, and I, I, I can criticize certain you know, acting choices for a few seconds here and there, but I agree overall mm-hmm. I think this is very scary, especially now where he just flat out you know, destroys the mannequin. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not fun. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, it's just like extreme kung fu with a practice dummy. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah, definitely. This is him practicing like breasts, neck, breasts, neck. That's funny. Some sort of rape tai chi. Yeah. And, here, and here's obviously the uh, reveal uh, here. Uh, although Ben looks decidedly different, you know, mm-hmm. audiences might not, hmm, is that, what's that maybe? Is that the specky cunt? Yeah, but here we obviously are, where he's uh, clothed <laughs> again in his proper costume. Uh, costume. Uh, all bathed in blue and a wonderful blue. Uh, yeah. That's actually pretty eerie how the light catches off his glasses. Yeah. yeah. It just and, has and like a supernatural feel to him. And you know what? That's, that's probably very designed as well. I'm, I'm willing mm. to bet they try to design some like lighting choices. You know, that yeah, would appear definitely. in glasses and shit, shit like that. Because Tony is a, is a good cinematographer. I mean, has worked with, you know, on great movies. Uh, uh, Flashpoint, he co-shot Flashpoint. Yeah, the yeah. Warlords Still as well. Uh, I think it was one of the several cinematographers on Warlords. But d- during this time, he shot a Chinese Torture Chamber story, and mm-hmm. Sex and the Emperor, one of, one of the most incredibly nasty uh, period movies from this time. Right. The Sex and the Emperor was one of those unexpected violent ones. So I I, I love Tony. It's one of those uh, many names uh, that has chops, you know. And uh, yes. 
And even though that chop might not turn up in movies like Flashpoint, obviously it's a good-looking movie. He was part of that movie, so, mm-hmm. you know. I dug it. How many times have you watched uh, Flashpoint up to, uh, uh, still up to this point? Um, maybe <laughs> two, three oh. times. Oh. The only thing is, it's really, it's because it's the Dragon Dynasty's uh, Region 1. There's a lot of hassle swapping the cables behind the television to get the DVD player back in. Oh, okay. So there's been times I've wanted to watch it, but it's just too much effort. Right. <laughs> and it is like the resale of a Region 1 DVD, so you could buy like the cheap Region 2 is like, you're basically trying to sell, like, at 99 pence, anyone? DVD, 99 pence? Mm. Anyone? Anyone? No, Region 1? It's a lot of effort to try and get rid of it. This but is scary. I'll get there. <laughs> this is scary to see, because he's... Uh... He sees red. He sees uh, panties, and and mm. but but he snaps out of it too. So you you're still not sure if this is a Jekyll and Hyde type of character, uncontrollable character, or if it's an actual sinister, very you know cunning mm. and uh, uh, character. And it turns out obviously he is very much aware of his actions. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, to to a point, he's uncontrolled in terms of the rage uh, level of, levels of rage. But this is not him, like. It's not waking up, you know, the day after, you know, like the Hulk or anything like that. What did I do? Mm. Uh, so, so, so I'm guessing she being dressed in white partially in this scene, you know, here's the evil mm. shots. I think he's more or less just like a horny bull. <laughs> yeah, very right. well summed up. You're going to see more mm. of that. You're going to see more of that. But uh, he, he's almost calmed by her dancing, and especially when she wears almost all, all white. Her, her innocence, you know, calms him. But, you know... When she's fully in red during the dance uh, exhibition here. I was going to say, I was expecting the specs to fly off his face there. <laughs> red! <laughs> you know, it, excuse tri- myself. It triggers him 220,000%. Mm. Right. <laughs> I, like, I think to... using... I'm sorry, you go ahead. I was going to say, he's going to have to like, excuse himself and go snap some hoe in an alley just to calm down <laughs> and come back. He does kind of excuse himself uh, in, a, in, a, in a second or so. <laughs> But uh, that was that was a shot of the uh, producer, Kimmy yeah. Soon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. In the glasses. Uh, yeah, and the, uh, the mustache. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, I think the color red is interesting to use because in Chinese culture, red is a good luck color. Mm-hmm. It's a color for you know for weddings and and good fortune and happiness, and I think that's interesting that it kind of sets him off like a bull, you know. Yeah. Wrong dude to invite to a wedding then. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but seriously, Ben's been so agitated since he's got here. Where's he going? Where's he taking that woman? God, no. <laughs> He's killed three bridesmaids. <laughs> <laughs> or raped. And the color red was also used in uh, Sex and Zen, if you remember. To, the guy couldn't get his, uh, Lawrence uh, Ung couldn't get his erection. So uh, yeah. the, the color red kind of set him off. And uh, I just thought uh, that was an interesting... Uh, Kimmy, by the way, as you mentioned, he produced a lot of Billy Tang movies. Run and Kill, this mm. movie, Brother of Darkness, up until Web of Deception in 1997. Yeah. So one of those crew that really stayed on uh, and stood by Tang's side, which, uh, you know, got movies made, apparently, you know. Right. And yeah, he's excusing, excusing himself. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> She looked incredible in that scene, Lily. I think uh, you know, made up very pale as well. And, and who makes that makes that red stand out incredibly. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think she really looked good, and uh, no wonder he got 
set off, you know. <laughs> and here's where the uh, extremeness of uh, Ben is stepped up a little bit further, and the uh, you know uh, the this exaggeration, almost borderline, some comical, depending on the viewer you are. I I, I didn't <laughs> find it funny, as such, but I I looked at it. Uh, while we're looking at the flashback, <laughs> right. stuff, some, stuff in your childhood <laughs> set you some, off. Some pop psychology, some just brief psychology to, yeah. to show the audience why you are the way you are. Guess it's, kind of, uh, it's kind of slight, but it, it, yeah. it works, I guess. Guess to why, what Red really in his <laughs> life you know, was. Why was his life color? What is Red in his life? You know, it's not the clothes, it's not the color, it's that Red. Mm-hmm. The blood. <laughs> and, and and I do agree like you know compared I, I always thought of Simon Yamon watching this performance as well you know mm-hmm. he 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 went for it he howled literally in the movie yeah. and that still worked and was scary I'd never found it funny to like oh uh, come on <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're, we're stepping it up here and, and you know he's Ben is Ben is you know you know, he's so aggressive or he's almost almost going to burst, which is great to see. I mean, right. looks like so much energy <laughs> was spent, yeah. And t- Tony's camera increases in, uh, you know, aggressiveness as well. Right. I never saw Billy Bean that aggressive with his camera, you know, with the zooms in and out of focus and all of that. But I guess it dictated to have that because if you had uh, Ben's performance being directed the way, uh, the way it was, you know. And uh, now... You know, the, the camera is not only blue, but... Uh, Just slap and tase. Yeah. They need. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Jonathan's music extends uh, very well from Dr. Lamy to this movie. You know, it, it was yeah. that, you know, those industrial beats and synthesizer. That really oh, he's got cool. blade. I thought he was just, like, bitch slapping the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> like, good lord. <laughs> I would love to have Jonathan's music on uh, on CD because it, uh, I really dug how haunting it was. In the- yeah, it works very well with uh, Dr. Lamb and, and uh, Red to Kill. Yeah, and Ben, by the way, didn't need to work up and didn't need any like water sprayed on him by the crew because I think he could work up a natural sweat. Oh in this yeah, performance, you know, because his whole body is tensed and stretched, and you know, it's akin to uh, the wolf. Uh, Werewolf transformation uh, or the yes, Hulk yes. transformation, and we're we're coming up on when stuff is not funny anymore, uh, <laughs> even if it hasn't been funny as such. But we're leading up to one of the centerpieces of the film. It's a really long rape sequence, and um, uh, I have only serious things to say about it. it. It's no fun, and obviously, you know, he tries to you know deflect her, go away, go away. I'm gonna transform. Run, I'm bitch. gonna transform. I'm gonna mm. transform. But, uh, you know, you, again, I'm going to mention here about the set, because I'm so curious. You, you should bear in mind and wonder what the set at- atmosphere for this would be, you know. And, you know, what's your take on that, uh, King? Do, do, what, what would you have on a set like this, serious or light, to get through these scenes, you know? I really, I'm, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how, how it, it should go. Mm-hmm. I, really, I really don't. These scenes are very tense. The actors' portrayal are very tense. Uh, I guess it could, it could go either way. It could go either way. I would prefer tense instead of uh, you know a loosey goosey atmosphere. 
but maybe you need the loosey goosey atmosphere because the the material is so heavy. Yeah. Because this shit is just not that's not nice. No. no even you know even it's the it's nudity and it's supposed to be titillating and this shit is not titillating. Yeah. Normally nudity should be and it's never right. in, never in this movie. There are relatively few times there is nudity. I mean there's no like wall to wall. Uh, right. nudity throughout the film uh, no quota to be filled uh, uh, you know <laughs> no and uh, I mean there's even lion roars on the soundtrack coming up short when he penetrates her they actually have lion yeah. roars on the soundtrack and that's just like oddly disturbing you know and uh, sound design choices you know here's Aww. here's the hunt like, really? Like, <laughs> yeah I, I never figured out why <laughs> yeah this, uh, I, it's curious <laughs> <laughs> But it's not going to be a part of the scene anymore. The jockstrap, I guess, that's what it was. I, I wonder what the demographic for a movie like this is. You know, am I, am I the demographic? Because I kind of enjoy these films. I mean, I don't, I don't mind seeing women get naked, but I don't want to well, see them get raped and brutalized. I wonder if there even was a good demographic for this particular film. Because when you see, when you're stuck in this scene, we're actually literally stuck in this scene for quite a while, I think. Yeah, it's about five more minutes. We got the shower scene coming up. I mean, and you know, it's it's so painful and heartbreaking to see Lily's reaction in this. I mean, we're we're not seeing her now. We're seeing we're seeing it there and all that. And the most heartbreaking reaction in this scene, and I'm genuinely meaning heartbreaking. I actually cried <clears throat> yesterday when watching this movie. Uh, not not wow. this scene. Yeah, I actually yeah. did. I really found it emotional. This. Is one of the most tough things for me to watch when he gently rubs mm. up against her. She's just lying there. You know, she's not screaming. She's just quivering. Mm. And he's... It's a powerful scene. It definitely is. It's, it's not, a, not a light and powerful. fluffy, fun scene. And that brings up the question, you know, ex- the validness of extreme cinema. And I think there's a lot of validness in extreme cinema. Because you, you, you need that slap sometime, I think. Especially mm. well-made extreme cinema, even though it's heinous. You know right. what I mean? And I, I never go into movies generally. And, you know, I have a, you know, a, a, a moral mind or moral mindset, but I don't turn on my politically correct, doing correct, correct radar and start analyzing to myself. I just take the movie for what it is, for the extreme experience that it is, even if it's fucking dark and heinous, not unfair, not sympathetic. And I, I don't care. I, I, I admire this movie for being able to be so extreme because it's not easy to do this. Not it's at all. It's not easy to do this. So uh, we, we talked about it. I don't know how, how, Lily, how Lily is acting in this scene. I, I can't imagine. Exactly. I just so. can't imagine her, her, her frame of mind. Mm. It's actually just one of the days she fell asleep on set. Like, go! <laughs> they heat your coffee. It's just fucking doped up. <laughs> but... but how, how, how do you approach like extreme cinema like this, Jared? You just you know t- take the movie for what it is, or yeah, this, uh, pretty much the same way the same way y- you do. Uh, scenes like like this, um, like I said, my my brain kind of gets turned off. But something like this, uh, it really it, it affects me in a way where I kind of like stand up and say, "Holy shit, did I just see that?" Yeah, this you know, and definitely. I, and I, yeah. yeah, this definitely because I've seen we've we've seen you know tons of category three, three films. And even rewatching this uh, last week, I was like, "Holy shit! Mm. They really, they really went there." And uh, it could be very methodical as well like, in terms of filmmaking, to you know, creating all of these shots, setting up all of these shots, recording the fucking sound again. This is a sync sound movie. You know, right. you 
you need to probably stay in this scene quite a long time. It's not a Hong Kong quickie, it is. No, no. Uh, it's, it's very polished, very polished. Yeah, not point and shoot shit, you know. You just no. don't set up the blue light and all of that and, uh, and pu- push, you know, record on the sound recorder. You don't just do that. And it's drama, this as well, you know. They're, they're, this they're, isn't a Charlie Cho film. It's not a Charlie Cho film because he does no. that in his sleep. You don't need to give him direction, you know. Right. And... Uh, Again, I, I, I actually dig these angles, uh, not not this angle, but again, those uh, center-framed angles where you this see... It's kind of a, a point-of-view shot yeah, from, yeah. from Lily, you know, looking up at his, you know, monstrous, you know, monstrous nostrils, his yeah. bull-like nostrils. Yeah. That's just, it's, uh, it's, and, it's and nasty. There, and there's a reason that shot doesn't move, you know, the point-of-view shot, because she's obviously, yeah. she, she's out of it now, just quivering, yeah. and a man, this is not easy to watch, and she's so brave to do this. Yeah. I don't imagine it's, this is easy. Essentially, it's like raping a child. That's how horrific this this fucking scene is. She's a you know she's an a, a, a you know, quote unquote an adult, but has the mind of a ten year old, like you said. It's like just the the robbing, the taking, the the overcoming of innocence, and it's just fucking awful. Mm. How can a trusted person like this do that to someone? Mm. You know, so so innocent, so childlike. Ah, it's terrible. What do you think, though? This seems cranked up compared to. Mm, natural Hong Kong cinema. Ah, yeah, it's definitely a darker tone or just an uncomfortable tone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, you just wait. Yeah, it's, yeah, they take it, they take it to extremes. Uh, yeah, we're we're, bit, we're not yeah. going to be let out of uh, the torment and the hurt. No. And uh, I'm again, I'm I'm gonna be very serious. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the shower scene before the shower scene because I have a lot to say. I personally don't know anyone who's been raped or nor read anything about the immediate after effects mentally of anyone. Right, right. But, you know, I think her violated shell, you know, turns to a completely dead shell. You, you know, you can sure. see it in this scene here. And she seems to not comprehend anything anymore. And that has nothing to do with her being, you know, mentally handicapped or lowering mm-hmm. IQ. And I, I could very well imagine those unfortunate victims of rape obviously lapse into this, you know, almost comatose. Yeah, a dead stare, yeah. Yeah, and the, and the body only reacts the way, you know, in a very indistinct, very spontaneous way. And, um, and the reason I'm saying that is because of the shower scene that we're going to watch, and I'm going to stop right now and I'll, I'll explain uh, more. Because it makes sense when we're watching that scene, in terms of how the body body reacts, how what what's the, the reaction? The shower scene is also like a film staple of a, like a rape revenge film. The the person is violated. They go to the shower and they scrub themselves clean of the the, the dirtiness. It's kind of a, a film staple. And in, in Red to Kill, they take it to the freaking nth degree because it's like a five minute shower. It's just it's it fucking never ends, man. And you want it to end like just end because it's you don't want to see anymore. Mm-hmm. That's how nasty it is, you know. It's just take they take it to extremes. Usually, a girl's just like huddled in the in the in the shower, and a little blood trickles from you know underneath oh, in her, Kong, and that's uh, it. Cinema, they uh, commit suicide. You know. <laughs> yeah. In, yes. Yeah. In, 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 this, in uh, just, kung fu movies and shit. So uh, here, here's V scene, by the way, uh, people. Yeah. Here's V scene, and I, I don't know. I, I don't think this scene is exploitation. To be honest, because it's uh, you know it's part of you know the drama and all of that. And go, going back to my tangent that I was on here, you know, you you don't know what your body will you know how you will react, what kind of self hurt you will inflict, and you know she will inflict self hurt on herself. So I mean, in that way, 
is it a realistic portrayal of how someone could react after being raped? Maybe, I don't know, but it felt very real and uh, painful as the subtitles say. I mean, I, I think she's literally crying in the shower. It's not like just water, you know, she's Lily, you know, her braveness is uh, is unparalleled. I've never seen anything like this uh, in Hong Kong cinema anyway. No, this is definitely different. And the the music really is a it's an odd juxtaposition of, of what's going on because it's a kind of a light innocent and maybe like like touching music mm-hmm. yes. in the scene and she's just scrubbing away and then she eventually does what she does and it's it's just an it's it's it leaves you really conflicted you know it's actually one of those scenes that actually uh, watching it yesterday again i i i, I could take it but it actually did make me cry because it's a it's, a, it's a, i was so into it again you know i knew mm-hmm. of this scene and you know even before you know the races come out and uh, yeah 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 it's, it's to tough call. it's very tough yeah and uh, again I, I this is what i admire about extreme cinema filmmakers making extreme cinema you can have a fucking box art and a couple of reviews behind you saying it's extreme but you know put right. you know few show people us. can yeah show us yeah, what yeah. you can do and billy you know people may not forgive him for this scene but this is a tour de force in something you know uh, mm-hmm. something extremely heartbreaking and not thrilling no it could have been done a lot more crude but I this mean, is uh this is, so, he takes he takes a lot of care in this scene it's so intact also and i mean that by it's not cut it's no, seemingly no. it goes on for so long it's not cut and it might have been at one point yeah but the, this dvd that we're watching the current prints available are this length and i mean this is and just, lily as an actress to go here not not many actresses would do that. Even category three actresses would. That's no. that's that's extreme stuff. Yeah. That is extreme stuff. Whether that's her, you know, body right there or not, it's just. Yeah, you mean the you mean the inserts, the the close. Yeah, the yeah, the close ups and whatnot. That's just that's rough going, man. But but there's no notes of censor cuts too red to kill. The, the, no, no, uh, not that I can see. And because sometimes laser disc for shorter and all of that, and it's kind of fun because right. the universe DVDs of certain movies have been reconstructed versions uh, from different sources. So Daughter of Darkness is longer on the DVD compared to the laser disc and all that. So you, you, universe took some care for their category three movies. They sourced stuff, you know. Uh, right. For, uh, for, for Red to Kill, I think uh, it seemed relati- relatively intact. But regardless. If there's still cut footage from this, I'm not sure where it could be because there's a whole mm-hmm. lot of. This is obviously so intact. Later, go in the movie is also very intact. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. And for uh, that shower scene, there was a. I read a, a publicity blurb. It's taken from a Paul Fonaroff's uh, review book mm-hmm. at the Hong right. Kong movies, and the publicity blurb that was in his uh, review was. Uh, <laughs> she was so annoyed by her dirty body that she even shaved off her public hair. So it was nice, a, a nice uh, Hong Kong subtitle moment for the publicity. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's, it's funny stuff. We 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 we've been led into the courtroom scene uh, shortly here, and, and one of the unusual things that this movie didn't do either, a lot of movies did, was there's no flashback structure. <laughs> right, I was going to mention that there's, they just skipped the whole police procedural. Yeah. You know the the grill the grilling and the beating the shit out of Ben Ah, and they just go right. Right to the courtroom scene. Yeah, no Parkman Very Wong or uh, or exactly. or Danny Lee, <laughs> the, that OCTB uh, guys beating him up. 
stupid motherfucking yeah. son of a bitch <laughs> motherfucking like fucking uh, that guy K, whatever his name is, who always speaks Kong. English. King, King Kong. <laughs> He's under a fucking mountain of phone books. People should dean drop elbows on some. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun watching organized crime in Tribury recently, the way they cleaned up after themselves when uh, the uh, Infernal Affairs were going to bust them for police brutality. And uh, they just... They, they were very effective, Danny Lee's gang. <laughs> but they're nowhere to be found here. <laughs> and, and again, going back to the beginning, I think, uh, you know, if indeed that was, you know, the, the gist of the case, uh, this is what happens, uh, this is what the beginning described, that she couldn't testify fully mm-hmm. about, right. you know, that lawyers don't give her a good time, easy time either, you know. Right. Also, also good that the, the courtroom scene only lasts about five minutes, you know, it's back to the action. Kind of, you know, this kind of stalls the movie a little bit, but yeah. we we go right back to the to the to the main action. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, 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 not, a, it's not a courtroom drama in a, in a sense. It's only a, just a brief bit. Exactly, and uh, because the, the movie has not, you know, exhaled properly right. yet. <laughs> it's only, you know, uh, it's only done its fir- its first things, you know. And now, you know, for the last half hour or so, or twenty minutes, it's going to do a whole lot of more things. So. Uh, so we, we we can speak up a little bit more about uh, Billy Tang and uh, you know uh, as you mentioned King he made cheap exploitation look you know, not classy but way above average you know when I make right. cheap I know lowering budget exploitation more mainstream he made it look yeah yeah and uh, you know when you sincerely dedicate yourself to a mood which Billy clearly did you know Billy Angry Tang it should have been called yeah, uh, no. you know, be it romantic or dramatic moods, so depending on the director you are, you, you get results. And Tan dedicated himself to an extreme angry mo- mood. And uh, one of my favorite quotes uh, about him is written by Grady Hendrix, uh, who uh, is uh, one of the uh, guys who runs the New Location Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Tang Hing Sing appeared out of nowhere to direct a trilogy of pure urban terror, unrivaled in its apocalyptic ferocity. And those are words that are actually very true. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're not exaggerated words for a review. And they're fun to, to say. Apocalyptic. Uh, it's Veracity. good stuff. <laughs> Veracity. Veracity. Yeah. But, uh, you know, past the, the his Category 3 era. But, but by the way, Bravo of Darkness doesn't get enough mentioned. Uh, that's a great, that. great film. Oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a harsh film. That's just as harsh, you know. Uh, William Ho Kakoi is a fucking animal. He is an animal in that one. He just against his uh, and brother, spews. you know. It's against his brother, I think. Uh, yeah. or, or anyway, against the male, they switch roles, and Lily is, you know, just a girl who wants to help the abused male, you know. But he's uh, right, right. He's uh, he's impotent by that point and all around. Yeah, so yeah. It's a really dark movie as well. I loved it. It's very well made. So yeah, it seems to have flown under the radar. Unfortunately, unfortunately. But but Universe put out a good re- restructured uh, DVD of that uh, movie. Uh, some of the cut footage was uh, reinserted. Mm-hmm. But but past the Category Three era, what do you like? What movies stand out uh, when he didn't work with Free anymore? Um, Street Angels. Yeah. <laughs> I dug that. Yeah, Simon Yam. And Shuchi was in it a little. You know, I dug that. Um, and Ching Me Yao. Wow 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 wow. Yeah, Stu. Ching Me Yao. Wow wow wow. But uh, you know, haunted you know when someone, by, by the way, when someone goes two hundred percent over the top as well, that's you know Street Angels and Simon Yam. You know the fun of seeing someone go over the top. Fuck me, he does have so much fun in that movie. <laughs> Simon Yam is like, okay, play, playtime, playtime, playtime for me, playtime for me. <laughs> he, he's, done, just, he's, done, 
Yeah, go ahead. Uh, he's done. Uh, I like we we mentioned in our, in our uh, doc, uh, Dr. Lamb podcast. He kind of, you know, I don't want to say deteriorated, but the category three kind of took the steam out of his engine. You know, he he only had two B to work with. It wasn't as as violent or as fervent as uh, these films were. The category three films were. So I mean, he made a few. He made a few of the films. He was always entertaining. He was always reliable for uh, a good time. Except for me, I, I didn't care for. Um, Sexy and dangerous. That was that was shit. I like that. But uh, Fra- yeah, Francis, and I also Francis was... versus Benham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, a very I, good I didn't fight. Along with that. <laughs> and okay. uh, he did one. Unfortunately, he did one of the worst Rape by an Angel films. The Rape by an Angel five film was the worst out of the series. Yeah, it's oh, it was fucking awful. It was looked almost unbearable to, to watch. Looked good, but that was pretty much right. it. Uh, he he, right. he had tone issue with it as well, but uh, that was pretty much it. Not category three uh, either. That movie, despite Wong no, no, no. Jing leaving the franchise by that point, right, and right. Uh, brother brother Lee Su K was the producer of Rape by an Angel Five, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and Stu mm-hmm. is familiar with uh, Lee Su K from Tribe movies, Young and Dangerous. And oh all yeah, that, so. his teeth, his nasty teeth. Yeah. <laughs> but but you mentioned haunted karaoke. Yeah, yeah, that had a good energy about it. I love the colors. He he, he very, did very well with that. I mean, it's, that title is so shit and it should be funny I actually did <laughs> dig, dig Haunted Karaoke I dug yeah, Dial D, D for Demons it was also good yeah, because it was yeah, kind of a right. scary horror movie I, you're right it had so much fucking shitty people in there pretty female <laughs> cast and a shit English title Jordan Chan was good though he was not one of those shitty people and actually it was right. kind of a scary movie uh, I was surprised by it so Dial D for Demons <laughs> <laughs> who, who picks that up? Who picks that up aside from us? I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, so, um, what do you think of his last two uh, movies that he made uh, up at this point, uh, up until this point? Devil Touch and Interactive Murders. Um, I don't recall them. No. I've seen them. I don't. I don't recall them. I know. I think I, was, I read a blurb about Interactive Murders. It was the first time that the um, what am I trying to say? The Windows interface was ever shown, you know, the, the, for a computer. <laughs> the Windows interface was ever shown on, on, in a movie the first time. Yeehaw. Up until that point, it was just like, you know, war games. <laughs> you know, that's how, that's how computer screens kind of looked, you know, with the, uh, the green on, uh, against the black. I remember very little of them as well. Devil Touch has yeah. had some good, you know, out of nowhere violent moments, you know, where, where people snap. And it looked good. He shoots women yeah. really well. Uh, yes, especially in that movie. Pinky, Pinky Chung, oh god. Yeah. I don't know if Tony Bue shot that movie, but uh, regardless, that movie does look really good, Devil Touch. And um, But but other movies I, I, I did like, uh, and probably the one I liked most from this time, is uh, Shotguns. Yes, I agree. I'm with you on that. Yeah, feel the guilt new bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't feel so good now. <laughs> he actually feels sorry for her. In this scene, because he he wants to protect her, he wants to marry her. You know that yeah. kind of feeble feeble shit. Uh, Shotguns was there's no consequence fun in the gangster world with twists mm-hmm. galore, some flirts with category three. You had torture and sadism. Yeah, and Anya. The, Anya, incredibly sexy. Yeah, in that movie. Fuck naked weapon. She was a you know blimp in that one. Everybody yeah. should watch <laughs> Sharp Guns. <laughs> Blimp or a blip, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> that movie's so shit, so everyone was a blimp. <laughs> Let's call everybody blimp who was in Naked Weapon, so fucking nice. Uh, 
Uh, but Anya, you know, she, he shoots her so well in that movie. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. And, she's uh, sadistic, very sadistic. It's sexy. Yeah. So, um, so, so I mean, he, he, it's a respectable career despite it's part of that Hong Kong cinema downslide, especially in terms of right. budgets and all right. of that. I mean, uh, he got some Wong Jing, he produced uh, movies under his belt, and uh, I never was on board with Casino either. Some people I, like that. But, yeah, uh, I, I, from what I remember, I kind of, I kind of dug it. This uh, spotty yeah. biopic of the yeah. triad who also financed it himself. <laughs> right, right. I read, I read a little bit of the bio in, in, a, in a book, and I was kind of uh, pretty, pretty uh, like just like Doctor Lamb. It was, it was fair to the sto- to the real story. Very fair. Yeah. Even though he, the, the, the triad, indeed produced the, the film to kind of, uh, you know, angle it to make him look, uh, look better. It was, I, it was still. I uh, like uh, me. Look at me. Someone yes. is playing <laughs> exactly. me. Uh, it had some good satire in it that I thought was going mm-hmm. to be put to better use than it was, but it was really a standard standard movie. So, uh, you know, past the courtroom scene, and I, I do like that there's heart, again, we mentioned heart, but there's heart again here in Tang's tragedy, where, you know, this character tries to evoke the memories of the string between them again, their connection. Right. Uh, I think uh, he does it here, he does it at the very end of the film as well. And so, I mean, th- there was a sensitive soul in Tang, and, and I don't think we've seen that too much aside from maybe Brother of Darkness to an extent. Um, especially, you know, the interaction between Lily and uh, Hugo. Hugo, yeah, that would, they, they had some sensitive scenes because it was a sensitive subject matter uh, uh, for Hugo's character. He was uh, impotent, I guess, you, yeah. want, you want to say, and they had a, a few sensitive scenes it was kind of rough you know there was a definite emotion you felt for hugo's character mm-hmm. he's a director as well hugo he's uh, directed his uh, wife yeah. in that uh, aids movie what was that called fatal encounter fatal encounter yeah yeah yes he, yes 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 and uh, also a movie that was shot, shot sing sound what wasn't very good but they you know he's directed his wife on at least one or two occasions and uh, uh, they were married at least at this point, Hugh Gooden and uh, Lily mm. Chung, and I don't know if they're still I don't know if they're still together, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, you... I don't know if you feel the same way um, about that, that the movie did... that the heart is, you know, is affecting within all of these extreme... extreme dark areas of the film. I think it works. I, I think it works. It's, it's I mean, a good, maybe, uh, it's a bit over the top, though. I mean, she, 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 she's sure. crying her eyes out and all of that, and biting right. her, biting her fucking fingers <laughs> to, to not cry. But <laughs> Garfield, 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 <laughs> Brian, Garfield, Brian Kirby, Brian Kirby, Garfield. Brian, Kirby, Brian Garfield. Kirby, put that up on Facebook. We found another Garfield. <laughs> I missed that when I watched the movie yesterday. Fuck Shit, me, me too. Damn. Was... I just wonder what the hell all the. Calligraphy is handing over to. I wonder if it's like the Chinese equivalent of those corny, like positive posters, like hang in there, kitten. There's like a cat hanging off a washing line. Uh, or maybe he just wrote his name or something like that. Uh, like, it's just like good, happy, fun, yeah. smiles, biscuits, cake. That was a that- point that uh, at the New York Asian Film Festival this this past month, um, Troy Hark, in one of his interviews, he brought that up. Someone asked him a question about. Um, the subtitling in Hong Kong films, and he was very adamant. He said, "You know what? That's a that's a real issue in, in Fuck Hong you Kong guys. films." Still, <laughs> still, he said, "You know, we we have to do a better job of of doing that." And he even furthered it to like like the prologue of the film. 
you know, that stuff should be subtitled. Newspaper headlines, like you still mentioned, they should be subtitled. Yeah. Things like the, the stuff they were handing her should be subtitled for the audience to, to get. So he, he was very adamant about that. And I, I agree. This better be a fucking nightmare. Surely you kind of just walk right back into a room. I was about to June. say that. I was thinking about the logistics. Okay, he got let off. And maybe it's mm. just because he has still access to to the uh, to the room she lived in. I think uh, there would at least no. be somebody on the door. Yeah, like, exactly. Hey, Ben, what's new? Wait, no, stop! Come back! <laughs> Fuck, he's on the left! So I'm, I'm not too sure about the logistics, but I, I, I go with it. Uh, but, but I reacted like, hmm, uh, okay. Maybe a dream. I, I actually thought of that as well. Uh, maybe a dream, but who knows? It's a, it's a nightmare, regardless, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so, and and, and that that shows the power of some movies that you can let go of certain elements and treat the movie as a whole, you know, grade right. it as a whole. And obviously, this is also genre cinema, and this stuff kind of, this stuff happens in genre cinema. Yeah, you know, it's not this is an art house, even though we're we're, we're kind of praising it as as uh, something maybe that it isn't that it is uh, effective, but it, this is genre cinema. This is a, a rape <laughs> movie. Yeah. So shit like this, you know, happens. I mean, uh, looking at Ben again, I'm, I'm, I don't know if he and Lily would have had the chance to even be mainstream actors, regardless of their work. I don't know if if they would be like, could ever be public favorites. Certainly not him with his, you know, big statue. Mm. So uh, you know, you could be relegated to triad roles and all of that, and, and yeah, right, right. Ben was to a certain extent, but was part of the category three era to a fun extent. And again, the Eternal Evil of Asia is such a blast of a movie. Lily, yeah, I, I, think, I think Lily is in that as well. In, in she is. She's uh, like she's the good witch. Yes, in, in the film, yeah. To Ben's uh, asshole uh, black uh, yeah, magic yeah. Uh, prediction. <laughs> And uh, it's just a wonderful movie by Cash Chin, who is putting out a new Fruity Swelling movie. Yes, uh, 3D. 3DD uh, or 4D. I don't remember what you Indeed. Uh, you're going to get some fucking nasty scratch and sniff cards for a 4D Category 3 film. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I mean, Spy Kids, oh, sure, shit. they've got the fucking Fruit at Breakfast, the Bairns Nappies, but oh, Fruit is Swelling. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't know if it was called a fruity swelling. Uh, uh, one of his earlier movies, Cash Chins, yeah, fr yeah. Fru fruit movies, if you will, they, they are called that. But the new one was called something the else. Fruit is ripe, yeah. Obviously, a little makeup for uh, workout for the makeup department here with the slicing of the wrist there because that looked mm -hmm. incredibly realistic to me. And I, I know it's probably not hard to do, but you know, the way she cuts into herself, you know, slowly and all of that. Within the blue again, I think it's so haunting to have certain stuff set. Good old woman, take your top off. <laughs> Why everybody... You know, I, I, for your sister's sake, of course. I like Money Low in this, in this role because she's so indistinguishable from any other, you know, like, background player. This is what I would, what I would think... This uh, turned oh. a beer advert. <laughs> Sam McGuire. <laughs> a slow motion, some smoke. But but Money Low is something. Is someone like uh, I would I would imagine from the welfare department. You mm -hmm. couldn't have like a, a Ching Miao or a Christy Chung play this role. It's too distracting. You know, you couldn't have a sexy starlet play that role. Money Money Low looks like someone who yeah, like oh, she's from the welfare department. Sure, she's a little bit homely looking, a bit plain looking. Uh -huh. 
I mean, not so plain looking where you can't dress her up like this and, you know, whore her out, but... Yeah, indeed, she, she don't see it uh, well. She makes up yeah. well. You know. I expect and, uh... this gun to fly over the counter by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by now you, you have that uh, ex impression of, you know, uh, an animal on the loose, you know. Mm -hmm. A lion. Again, they put lions on the fucking, lions on the fucking soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, at the most inappropriate place you should put it, you know, exactly when he penetrates her in the rape scene. Rawr. Expect a lion roar the nurse. And, 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 and that was not him. The... <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't mm -hmm. him either. You know, it was part of the soundtrack. It was not his uh, his own. <laughs> Look at this. When when you see red and want San Miguel, chug, 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 chug. <laughs> no surprise if his hard ones fucking bursted through the counter. Mm. You just hear a lion roar and it looked it's like, you're gonna have to pay for that, bud. And, and you're you're very right, though. You can riff on this movie to 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 quite a grave extent because that that performance is so wild. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not invalid, unvalid, however you say it. To to actually you riff can... on the performance, uh, but but still found it find it scary overall. Right. We, you can watch this movie in a different frame of mind, and like you said, riff and just kind of joke about it. But it all it also works the way we're watching it. You know, in a more uh, serious or semi-serious serious way. It's effective uh, uh, both ways. Definitely. I think it, it gets <laughs> it gets more of its regard being uh, extreme and and somewhat silly, or maybe over over exaggerated. I think that's where uh, a lot of people, maybe in the West, uh, hold it in high regard. Mm -hmm. But it, it's 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 a great movie. Yeah, it's an imagine, effective movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you always encounter that in the West sometimes that where Hong Kong actors, you know, see. They are surprised about the popularity of these kind of movies in the West. Yeah, uh, they are. Uh, and I don't know if the, it was that you were referring to when you were talking to Simon Yan when he was like reading the title. Like, what is this movie? Why do you? Oh yeah, well, uh, run, run and kill. He was like, run and kill. Hmm. Okay. I was like, he was like surprised. I I had it in my collection. You know. Yeah. So. <laughs> This is maybe the Ben M scene where you'll decide <laughs> yeah. if it's still frighteningly and it's maddeningly over the top way. I, I do that every day. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I disrobe. <laughs> I mean, look at this. This is... Uh, uh, oh, he's burning up, man. <laughs> I'm on fire. And, and still he's not supposed to have fucking red in his apartment. Yeah. yeah. He has red light in his apartment. He's, he's, radiating, he's radiating that red. That's heat. Yeah, you fucking dildo. You know you're you're you don't like ready. <laughs> <laughs> and you know he likes being tormented by an overabundance of red. It seems you know. Uh, <laughs> and but again, by free will uh, to to a point. I mean she, she's forcing the animal loose here in a kind of twist. You know. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think you've got it, you know, sh show it to me. You know. There's there's a plan in place right now. Yeah. He's gonna come at his apartment, and all the other residents are gonna be running about in red speedos, and he's just gonna explode, <laughs> like get big ugly bat running past in a tight pair of speedos. And everybody like, jumps. Try and everybody, rape him. Uh, <laughs> and everybody jumps in the air and uh, and uh, freeze frame. You know, yay! <laughs> yay! <laughs> Credits. Credits. <laughs> oh no, that's gonna look like a fucking wuja film with all those fucking swords flying in the air. Yeah. <laughs> yes, pork swords. I mean, I, I, I can see people getting taken out of the performance in this scene. And yeah, to an extent, it is over the top, too over the top. But again, I, I can't emphasize this enough. Overall and largely, Ben is remembered 
in my opinion, as hugely frightening in this movie. And a massive presence that you won't forget. Because think to yourself like this. Do, do you really, 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 maybe still will, chuckle to yourself when you think of Ben mm, in Red to Kill? Not at mm. once, anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know... N- well, may- like that, that, this scene, yeah. <laughs> Especially during this scene, I can think. But, yeah. but, you know, if you're thinking about the movie, you know, uh, with some distance and uh, what's your lasting memories of it, you know. But he's a rapist. He's a yeah. deranged, fucked up rapist, yeah. So, 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 it, so I think that speaks it's to not the a happy, fact that, uh, right? you know. Oh! <laughs> Go on, motherfucker. Take care. But look at him shaved now. Doesn't that look yeah. like a psychotic Jet Li all of a sudden? It looks like me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's got a little tinges of Jet Li in there. Ah, I uh, can see that, yeah. Yeah, especially, you know, just put little, uh, like, uh, Sha- Shaolin Temple burn marks on his head. <laughs> Shaolin Rape Temple. Yeah, like a black Byron, <laughs> put a dot on his nose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're leading up to a... An action climax, really. And uh, there, there's actually three action directors on the film. Uh, Chan Siu-Wa, Alan Chan, and Wong Pai Gay. All mm. who worked at least twice with Tang on his string of films of this kind. Again, large part of the ex- essential crew and cost that has come back. And not just because it's, I don't think anyway, another Hong Kong movie to work on. I genuinely think that uh, they wanted to populate the production with people they liked that were dependent, that could get the job done. Right. I think Brother of Darkness came out earlier in 94. I think January of 94. And Money Low and uh, Lily Chung were in it as well. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I remember looking at the cast list for Brother of Darkness. Yeah, Money was in that. Don't remember her from it, to be honest. I, I, it's, uh, I think a prosecutor or some type of lawyer. Oh, yeah. That, I have a screen With, uh, cap Anthony of, Wong. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Anthony Wong was in it as well. So, you know. Being directed by Billy for, like, the only time, <laughs> I think. I think, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> the, the action directors are clearly involved in, you know, in the finale and all of that. And again, I'm, I'm, I might, my, might sound like a broken record, but I'm, I'm so curious to, like, think of, put, put myself in the, like, headspace of action directors if they thought this was a tough shoot or, or if action, which is even more methodical, mm-hmm. just requires them to, look, you know, set up, let, let the stuntmen do the work, rehearse and, you know, we'll get on with it. Or if they thought it was a tough oh, shoot. Oh, glad I was a thumb that peeked it there. <laughs> like, oh god no <laughs> this is what everyone was warning me about <laughs> I think the racer scene is worse than this <laughs> yeah. he's ah. completely off his rocker right now he's just mm. fucking out of his mind oh, oh, fuck you to death that, that's a proper yeah. translation I don't think you can translate it in any other way you know and uh, you know they do their work, the, the, the action directors. It's about doing the work, making it look good for the director, because I, I don't think Tang went off the set like Wong Jing would do during his right, action right. comedies and yeah. shit like that. Let's go do crosswords in the corner. Exactly. Yeah. And this is violence, just nasty violence. Just stripping her again. Uh, the, the, the first scene almost looked like he skinned his victim when he dragged off mm-hmm. her clothes. Now it's just, just ripping her to shreds. And there's a difference with with uh, Lily Chung. He really, I don't want to say lovingly, took her clothes off, but he took some care in taking her clothes off. This is just, I'm going to rape you, you fucking bitch. There's a lot of hatred in here. There's a lot of uh, just nastiness here. And not a Whereas finale you Chung, shoot. He took care. 
and, and, and not a finale you shoot very fast either I think I mean may, maybe they were stuck on this like for one two weeks because it's a uh, you know uh, a few ac- uh, 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 many action beats in it you know mm. and he has like the continued mental unraveling yeah. of Ming Ming's character I don't think you know uh, uh, she, she wants to protect her friend obviously but I think it's you know still akin to the shower scene in a way you know she mm. is not herself well uh, you know just like he's not herself there's also an interesting thing because uh we're dealing with someone who is um uh largely mentally handicapped Mm -hmm. and then we're dealing with a psychotic rapist who is the real mentally handicapped person here the rapist or lily chung yeah definitely right yeah and again, to hear all of this live, again, the sound, I, I mean, it might not sound revolutionary, <laughs> but to me, it, it is. A, this is funny, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, I, I think it shows Ay-ya. kind of comedic timing, you know. So you got a sad, big Jet Li here. <laughs> oh, and snap, you know. And he's the, totally transformed. He's not. He's not the the doctor. Ben. Oh, he's just oh. totally transformed into a that's a, a mean, wolf. That's a mean yeah. stunt. Very yeah, good Jesus. stunt because she's uh, uh, the stunt man or woman have to bounce on the table a few times. You know. Uh, yeah. And and I mean you can't choreograph that. Uh, you know you just have to throw yourself and maybe two, three times, four times, five times. Mm. You know who knows how harsh these action directors were. I'll, I like this panning shot outside or through a window that shows like the depth of the house they're in or it's a nice tracking shot there's a a similar shot in Dr. Lamb when uh, uh, I think one of the girls escapes from his cab I think it was the last victim and she's running through the woods and the camera's kind of outside the woods and panning along the woods as she runs just similar Mm -hmm. shot similar tracking shot yeah and Ben is uh, coming up is either trashing the set or trashing a real location because I don't know if they built this because when he picks up the sledgehammer shortly he's gonna you know <laughs> well, well, well it's coming up so you can see it but I was wondering because it's a very good set if they did build it if not mm-hmm. then you know holy shit they just uh, actually uh, <laughs> turn into construction workers <laughs> That was great. His fingers going up the uh, sledgehammer. Just yeah. Walking up the sledgehammer. He's a beast right now. Yeah. Listen just, to him. How, how do you direct? How do you direct this? Or do right. you? I mean, uh, wonder how easy Ben snaps into this, especially after, uh, you know, for, for the sake of argument, mm. let's say this is at the end of the shoot. You know. And look at the, the angles of his body. He's like an animal, a real animal. Just the way he's crouching, the way he stands, yeah. the way his body is, is shot. It just looks like a real animal. <laughs> it's totally transformed. Trash as shit. <laughs> <laughs> like the the reoccurrence, uh, recurrent theme of the the, uh, the balls. <laughs> yeah, they, they pop up every now and again. And he has he like sm- smashes light switches and shit. <laughs> and this looks like a real set to me. It actually does. It's like whoa, we have to pay for that, you know. <laughs> And, and there's good cutting, uh, you know, between, you know, between him and Money Low. Again, not revolutionary cutting, but I think you know it's a suspenseful sequence. Ah, 
Cock knocker. <laughs> Dunk. Son of the bitch. I mean, m m you know, speaking of money low here, she goes to some you know extreme places. Has to. I mean, th this yeah. direction of this finale, you know, dictated that everyone needs to be react. extreme. Everybody yeah. needs to react extremely. She performs a great stunt, not that one that we just saw, but when she's thrown up into the uh, fluorescent uh, lights that mm. crashes, that's money low. And I, of course, you can design, you know, glass that. You know, crashes uh, easily. You know, sugar glass right. and what have you. Sugar glass, yeah. But, but it looks pretty good, and I'm I'm, I'm gonna, gonna watch it with a bit more keen eye this time because uh, you know I was busy making notes when I watched it uh, <laughs> yesterday. But I was really impressed. You know, both with how do you put this shit together? I mean, it's incredible. There we go. Look at that. Mm. Mm. Ah. He's essentially just saying, why are you cock-blocking me? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, a girl in a club could do that, but you just fucking say the other girl, wait, you don't. Like, fucking show. <laughs> and Get a whole fucking roid-raged wrestler on her. And the makeup department gets to work uh, yeah. a, little bit, uh, a little bit more heavily uh, now. And, you know, this has good makeup effects, I think. I mean, gore is not easily done. And you know, in a convincing manner, uh, I think you need to put some time into it. Mm -hmm. uh, and Hong Kong cinema necessarily wasn't, you know, good at special makeup effects all uh, all the time. They they came off as a bit crude. I think in this movie, it's really really works, and we, we're gonna see more of it. Uh, yeah. Look how grotesque he is! Oh man, excellent. He's just a beast. He's and totally he transformed into a monster, into a horror. And Lily Chung is running around, you know, completely naked without it yeah. feeling cheap. You know, she no no, no underwear either. You know, it it goes that route. You know, right. Uh, there was yeah. a there was a interesting uh, again from Paul Fonroff's book. There was another another tagline to get asses in the seats in the, in the theater, and it was uh, it's this is your last chance to appreciate <laughs> Lily Chung totally nude. Because, oh really? Uh, this, th yeah, this was the this was her last uh, nude. New performance and, and film, and it turned out to be that as well. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, it did actually. Yeah, that was it. It was a short-lived uh, category three career. Oh, right in the eye. Good lord. <laughs> and we, we're not oh. easily, we're not easily let out of uh, this scene either. You know, and uh, you know, it's everything is oh. loud. Everything is long. Yeah, it runs for a long time. And, it's like, and it's not too long, though. I mean, I'm, I'm no, it's totally not excessive, no. transfixed by watching this. You know, wow. Uh, how how can you make this? When will you stop? You just have to choke a bitch. <laughs> wow. Tang is giving the audience what they what they came for. You know, it's a Category Three film, and, oh, and, you, and, wanted and you wanted it. Here it is. And then some. You know. Right. Right. Let's for once fulfill. You know, uh, the window stunt coming up is absolutely amazing looking. Uh, Oh, turn slam! Yeah, people have uh, pe people have s said that he he's a wrestler in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> and proudly so, apparently, the, considering what he wears in the movie, mm, like Chinese carangle. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, if they if they could award Anthony Wong as best support, uh, best actor at the Hong Kong Film Awards, exactly. they, they should have at least acknowledged Lily. I think. But exactly. uh, they, they, maybe this just flew under the radar and everyone was too busy 
nominating a big movie of 1994 in every category. I don't know what, what exactly came out in 1994, but uh, it's a, it's a shame. I think this is 94, 95 was kind of like the high watermark. Maybe 94, the high watermark of Category 3 films. It was kind of all downhill from there. I mean, they did a you know Ebola syndrome and maybe rape, one of the rape by an angels. But it was essentially downhill from here. This is like the high watermark. Yeah, only occasionally uh, we were impressed again. You know, and, and we come right. back to directors like Cash Chin, who still had the feel for Category 3, you know, was it mm. a Naked Poison, was what it was like in 97? Right, or right. I like Sophie that. Sophie yeah, yeah. I knew it! Gwenny Tam and Sophie Young. This was obviously, obviously set up. Right. Uh, but, but I was surprised that it wasn't set up uh, earlier in the film, though. In like real right, one. Right. <laughs> Whoa! And it's a pretty intact gore sequence as well, which yeah, leads is. me to believe if this is a reconstructed cut, great, but because... Close your and, fucking mouth, woman. And, <laughs> That's the money shot right there, money shot. Money. That's an inappropriate shadow. It looks like it's <laughs> the money load shot. The money load shot. <laughs> That's the worst blood job ever of blood spraying on the walls. <laughs> and you, you, you're not let out of that event either, easily, you know. No. So slowly goes into him, blood spray, and how, how can you kill such a monster? I mean, it's, he had so much energy for free lives, I guess, <laughs> free free humans. But yeah, it's a it, it's a big one, and I mean, out of Billy Tank's movies, where, where do you rank this in terms of? Is this your favorite, second favorite, or? Hmm, that's maybe second favorite. Uh, Run and Kill is my absolute favorite, oh. but yeah, Red Red to Kill. You know what? Between Red to Kill and Brother of Darkness, I think they're, they, they're close seconds to, to Run and Kill for me, definitely. Yeah, this, um, it was such, such high quality for a few years, you know. Which yeah, 19, it was. 92 and 94, he just had it in him. To uh, I think he was, he was allowed to do it. The, the, the blow-up of Category 3 films gave him the opportunity to, to do this, to make it shine, to make it look classy in, in regards to like a Lee Chung Ling or a Charlie Cho sex quickie mm-hmm. you know this this was polished this was uh, you know quote unquote mainstream and, B- and Billy never made any cheap erotic quickie really no, no he was never he was never forced or so called forced into that he got to right. make you know more more high class stuff mm-hmm. so to say and uh, and even after you know the, when Category 3 era ended for him I mean they, they were just quick and cheap, but not uh, erotic quick and cheap, you know. Right. Uh, some of those movies. Uh, and, uh, you know, s- summing up Red to Kill, you know, not much is resolved. <laughs> Life took a major unfair turn. <laughs> we were not, we were there and we were not, we were not spared by any of this. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring back something I talked about. I, I think it's beneficial to be slapped around by cinema every now and again, especially mm-hmm. when it's above average extreme cinema like we get here and in other Billy Tang movies as we mentioned uh, Dr. Lamb running Kill Brother of Darkness and uh, maybe Billy Tang exhausted his anger through this film fully and then let it you know deflate across the the next movies Uh, you know know, look look at School on Fire by Ringo Lamb one of his most angry (laughs) movies his next movie after that was Wild Search his romantic action uh, right right uh, and it's way more mellow. So maybe Billy Tang, he didn't have anything in him left. Because Category 3 moves were still made up until 96, albeit less uh, less so. So, mm-hmm. you know, 
but but maybe that was it. Could it, be right? box office. It could be you know producers not wanting to give him a go. Yeah, it could it's be still anything, a fair but... box office for these films, though. But uh, uh, yeah. yeah, but but we we don't know because it's not documented this era, and uh, the people aren't there to be documented unless you really look them up. I guess uh, if you can in Hong Kong or China, mm. if, they, if they even want to talk about it. I mean, uh, I've heard the writer of this uh, is not too keen on having this on his resume, but whatever. Oh really? Wow. Stand That's by your work, motherfucker. Yeah, hell yeah. So, uh, but but you know, it's an achievement, not his finest. I agree. Run and kill is uh, it's just a, a, a terrific ride, but Definitely. it's an unmatched entry in the category free canon, and uh, that in many respects is in a league of its own. It's not like every other category free movie. It's a category no. of its own. So that's the way I sum it up. There are other, uh, I guess, grossed out or extreme category three movies like uh, Ebola Syndrome or yes. or Daughter of Darkness, but they mix black comedy, dark comedy into into their movies. This one was almost all bleak. Oh yes. You know, except for the you know a little silly scene with the balls. You know, uh, toward the beginning, this is just fucking dark and dirty, and and just bleak. And she dies at the end. I mean, there's no, there's no resolve to anything. I mean, you can only imagine that Money Lowe's character, you know, is not, uh, you know, uh, now I'm going to work as a social worker for the rest of my life because this shit happened. Maybe she took a major mental (laughs) downturn after this uh, events of this movie. And And then she becomes a psycho. Yeah. That's That's the sequel. And, and and yeah, d- d- this is played melodramatically. Not yeah. uncommon in Hong Kong movies, though. Uh, oh. I mean, look at the guys here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> they can't can express still... their emotions any other way. That's the thing, though. I, I'm not the one to say that it's inappropriate, those kind of reactions. So um, uh, Because we're talking mentally handicapped people that I don't know anything of. You know, so. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but anyway... It's uh, round about the time we should sign off. So, uh, any last thoughts? Otherwise, we'll say our goodbyes. Stu, uh, we, we, will you have nightmares? <laughs> <laughs> um, the race def- Definitely got something to talk about next time I see my guys, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll do some post chat to see if Stu is okay. But anyway, who's <laughs> signing off now? Sleazy K or Kenny Bolson signing off. And with me was King Who. King Who. And the Innocent One. Bye, guys. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Where's the racer? Uh, <laughs> get me the racer. <laughs> I'll go shave my head for no reason now. 